Hello, people. Welcome to the Slick Talk Show. I'm your host, Rach. And today, um, we have a guest again, um, obviously from Virginia. You know, Chris, senior writer in Virginia, uh, always willing to come over and talk to us, you know, about what's going on back in the U.S. How you doing, Chris? How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How, how are you, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's so much to digest, you know, for the last, you know, for the past 48 hours. And uh, I, but right now we need to start, obviously, by uh, the sad news um, that we had first here in the UK. That was first thing in the morning. I, I'm not sure exactly what time you got that news, obviously. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, you know, obviously the Black Panther um, movie star, um, obviously passed away at the age of 42. Um I, to be honest, yesterday actually I was watching. It's funny enough because yesterday I was watching a movie. Um, I can't remember the name actually. Where he was playing baseball, I don't really remember the movie. The name. Oh of yeah, oh, forty-two. Exactly. 42. Yeah, 42. yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. yesterday, yesterday actually on Netflix, um, my wife picked that movie up and she was like, "Oh, can can we just have a look?" And and I was just watching that and then. Uh, and I love that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And obviously, we went through uh, Google last night, and we find that he died at the age of 53, you know, the 42. Mm-hmm. But his wife, obviously, is still alive. Now, you know, fast forward, you know, I'm up first thing in the morning today. I'm going on on my phone. My phone is buzzing. Not because people are calling me, obviously. It's just crazy about that. And I'm looking, I'm like, is that, is that a dream or... It, it, it was just unbelievable. I mean, for me, sad news, sad news for all black people, especially after losing Kobe. I mean, and also, you know, we've got a pandemic, so much going on right now in 2020. You know, um, what's your take about what happened, man? I'm shocked. Um, and that's nothing. Um, so it was around about 10 o'clock our time. Okay. We heard the news. And, you know, I'm um, working on some stuff, you know, for, for the show and everything. So on my phone, there was like a, like Twitter. And there was like, it, I just said, said something, Chad with Bozeman. And I'm, then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's something pertaining, like he had a statement pertaining to what's going on in, you know, with the situation. So I kind of just ignored the alert or whatever. So then I go on um, Facebook because I was getting ready to um, do it for a show I did previously. And uh, doing some show prep, and then I went on Facebook, um, and then that's when everybody, you know, hit the floodgate, said, you know, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, and they saying, yeah, he died of um, of cancer, of, of of colon cancer, that which is really alarming for a guy, at you know, in his forties to you know, much less to be diagnosed in in his thirties, which is very like, you look at, it and it's kind of one of the things. It's a really scary thing when you think about it. You know, he was diagnosed essentially in his. 30s. And, you know, and then it's, it's almost just a testament of kind of one thing that we had to kind of put in perspective where this man was fighting for his life and he had a legendary role in Black Panther. And, it's, and it makes you think like, you know, every day, you know, it's, just, it's about working hard. And it's like, mm-hmm. despite of what's going on, I mean, mm-hmm. who would ever think that in a role like that, he was fighting a bigger battle than, than just, to, you know, learning, you know, as far as, his perfecting his craft or whatever he was essentially you know dealing with at that point stage three that advanced stage four colon cancer which is an extremely serious and most times generally is a diet diagnosis at that stage and it just makes you like wow that that almost adds you know unfortunately in a sound in sound in, in, in that kind of way but it makes what he did with black panther and all these movies 
from 2016 on down to his passing, it just makes it incredible where, you know, it's one of the things where it's like, you know, you, you challenge yourself and you challenge other people, you know, to work harder and to go after for what you really want to because now you're like, if this man was able to do these things and under that type of circumstance and you're just sitting here because you're tired or you just had, you got to go hard. And that lets me know like, hey, you know, Life is a promise, like him, because we all, and that's another thing, nothing that's shocking too, because we all thought that, wow, you know, you know, what's next from him? You know, you know, prior to when we found out the news, um, you know, last night, it's like, yeah. he's a, he was a button star. He was going to be, we figured he'd be like a, you know, like a Denzel Washington, who's, what, 60 now, who's been in countless movies. You know, we thinking, okay, we, we're going to have another, 20 to 30 year good run of him and playing prominent roles where, you know, who's to say down the line who he would have portrayed. And that's where we get caught up in kind of like looking forward instead of kind of looking, um, you know, present day, you know, his future was just so, you know, out of the, out of the world. I mean, he, I, he was on, he was on the verge of becoming one of the biggest movie stars of all time. And and uh, to be honest, that, that's the same feeling we had um, right here in the UK, uh, especially after Black Panther, and obviously the following movie. We all knew, and just like you said, we all thought that okay, it will be more or less the next Denzel. Um, but one question I, I need to ask you: Obviously, I, we found out obviously he had uh, what you call colon cancer, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, usually what happened, obviously, you know, coming from you know a very success, successful black man when you have something like that you you mostly you go out there and put some awareness obviously for so many black people as you know you know us black people we don't tend to go and do you know some of our check you know stuff that we <laughs> we supposed to mm-hmm. so, well, i mean right now i haven't I haven't found out obviously i haven't seen anything obviously on the news uh, exactly why that was not out there obviously for people to know about that um, can you do? Do you have any update why it was kept well, that way? Yeah. I think it was just you know, and and some people, and, and that's one thing too. In this day and age, where we you know we live in this, I call it transparent society, where we everybody has to know everything. And I think with him, he you know it was just a you know something that he wanted to keep private amongst you know who you know whoever he wanted to share with. Cause I mean, it is you know when you when you're thinking about a diagnosis of that, you know, um, you 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 try to kind of keep it under wraps, to, to in a sense. Cause I you know I have I have a family member currently that that you know that's going through something similar, but not of 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 of, of colon cancer, but of a variation of something of that nature, where it's a pretty private thing. Where you know, cause it's just something where it just depends on whoever. Who, on, on the person if the person's already generally a private person then i mean you understand it and it's one of the things where i mean i don't blame them i mean this is something that i mean it's it's a personal battle that you know a lot of people don't want to share and i and i understand i'm i'm really one of, i'm for the most part i'm really a generally a very private person anyway so i could i totally get and understand how he how we would feel because you know and that's just how it is. And I think what it is is just the the, wor- the world that we live in now, where we want to know every single detail. And like, you know, and almost just like you know, when people pass away, suddenly, just like Chad, Chad Chadwick, if, if it wasn't disclosed, 
that the first question would have been like, well, how did he die? You know, so, you know, how did he pass away? So we are so, and I guess it's just caught up in the information age where we want everybody to be transparent and pretty much tell everybody his business. But I think it's in its own right for him to not disclose it. I mean, like you said, I understand that the, as far as the quote unquote, like it would have you know, as far as like the outreach and whatever, because you think about it, if a guy being diagnosed with colon cancer in his 30s, it's very alarming. And it's kind of one of the things that could have potentially helped other people down the line. But at the end of the day, I respect him, you know, for his privacy, because not everybody wants to be, you know, in that type of limelight, because, you know, some people just want to just deal with their battles, um, you know, personally. And, you know, it's just one of the things where, you know, it's just a it's just a wake up call for you know everyone, you know you know and, so yeah yeah and, and to be honest I was looking obviously uh, age of forty three as you mentioned uh, just earlier on as well uh, it's too young, I mean at age of forty three obviously he was di- probably diagnosed by the time he was thirty thirty five I'm not sure so that means that um, pretty much he it's difficult um, he was playing all those movie knowing that you know, uh, it might not be there at some point. And this is very, I don't say impressive. I mean, for somebody, and he gave it all. He gave it 100%. Yep. Um, this is the reason why I'm asking. The reason I, I can see exactly why you're saying, the fact that, you know, some people might keep, you know, want to keep those battles private. Um, but at, at the same time, right now, if you see, the average now is going on on Twitter about mostly black people going out there and speak to the GP or the doctor to, to get that check, obviously, because, you know, apparently, you know, for minority, this is something that we get. I, I just thought, um, as again, I respect, I'm not trying to be funny here. I respect, obviously, his decision to keep it private. But at the same time, um, knowing, um, knowing coming from our community where we don't tend to go and, and do what we're supposed to do, uh, something like that, now, now it's gone. Now, uh, I feel like I need to maybe check myself as well in the next few yeah. weeks or so and get something sorted. Okay, so you know, rest in peace and uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, we, we we can see something big coming out of that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who. I don't know. Uh, right now, we're not talking about who's going to be the next Black Panther, but we feel like even the next Black Panther will not be the original. I just feel like that. I mean, what do you think about the next one, the next Black Panther that might come out there, man? It, and and I know they will try, but it'll never be the same. I mean, it's just like everything. It's you know, you can, you know, you can create, re, but you you can't rep, you can replicate it, but it'll never be the same. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I I me personally, it's it, you know something. If if everybody was still alive, it, we could do it, but. He, I don't, I mean, and they probably will still continue on without him. But like I said, you can replicate it, but it's, it's that gonna be the same. Okay. Now let's just move on to, um, let's move on to the shooting. Uh, you see that happened uh, in the U.S. I have to tell you, obviously, after the George Floyd shooting, I don't know what to think about that. I've never thought that it will be the end of that. You know, I know, you know, something like that would have happened again. Uh, yeah. What I was looking for to see exactly, I was looking for to see exactly what would be the reaction now after the George Floyd. Now, 
the reaction in the US has been consistent, obviously, after the George Floyd. Here in the UK, um, I don't, I think, slowly we got the story, obviously, because of the backlash of the boycott coming from the NBA and some of other um, major uh, sport franchise, obviously. Um, that shooting, what did you think about that? How did you feel about that when you, see, when you saw that again? Oh, it was uh, the one that just happened last week with Blake. Right? Blake, Blake yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, on the surface, did he, did he really honestly deserve to get shot seven times in the back? No. There's nothing that, to me, would suggest what he could have possibly done because he shot him at point blank range. So he was in at least in a proximity to a point where the situation could have been diffused. He could have tackled him. He could have did something else of that nature. Like, like, even, like even if he was trying to escape on foot, you could have shot his tires so he couldn't go nowhere. Like you, you, it's almost like you had him in the corner. But then you decided to shoot him in the back. You already, you, you can, uh, you're already at a point where you could have cont- contained him detain him or whatever whatever you need to do to get him in custody you had an opportunity so what was the fact what was the reason of you shooting somebody to the back toward to going back is that that's not they're not confronting like this like this he's walking away and then you are like this close and why you why do you have the nerve to shoot this man seven times in the back that lets me know that was intentional like you cannot sit and shoot somebody seven times and, and can sit here with a straight face and say that's justified. Yeah. And uh, now, at the back of that, um, we've seen, you know, obviously for the past 48 hours, I have to tell you, you know, the first time when I saw that, I was like, wow, what, what's going on here? Now, obviously, the, you know, the box decided to boycott the game. And obviously, Orlando followed suit, you know, because, you know, they didn't, you know, they, they were not aware that okay that was going to happen, and um, obviously then you know LeBron, you know the Clippers, everybody else had to follow suit because it was going to look bad, you know, to see LeBron and then going to play against obviously Portland and and seeing the box, you know, because of the whole situation. Now, at first when I saw that, I was like wow, but then I thought to myself, I say, mm, this is the reason why they decided to go to the bubble just to make sure, you know, um, if anything like that happened, you know, they can use that platform, you know, to make some noise. And uh, if there's any protest to be made, then you have to do that. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that was a bit confusing. Um, you just felt like there was nothing planned. Um, it was done in a rush, but then at the end, everything was done as a group. They all signed off and they decided to stop the whole thing. What did you think about the whole thing? So, and that's one thing too where I'm so torn. It's a it's a great act, but the execution was off. And I'm and I the the really the 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 Bucks kind of did a piss poor job. And my and this and it's only one thing. I think they should have let Orlando know, hey, we're forfeiting the game. I didn't like how they let Orlando kind of let them be on the court, have them really ready for a game. And then you're like, well, we're not playing and not letting them know. Cause like, I mean, essentially 
a matter of fact, I actually, and how it all unfolded, which is very weird. And so I was on Twitter, it's about quarter to four, because it was supposed to play at four o'clock our time. And there was like rumblings like, hey, Milwaukee hasn't left the lock- locker room. Like, it's 15 minutes before the game, and they're not, you know, they're not on the court. So time keep on, you know, and then it in the high played out four o'clock. Well, no one is going. So then the magic leaves the court. So I'm assuming maybe the magic knew something. Then the refs left. And then the ball boys leave, you know, they, they leave. And then the guys who the, the name tags on the benches, they, they getting peeled off. So I'm like, like, I kind of wish Orlando, I kind of wish everybody who I mentioned would have been notified because we're all looking crazy where you're like, okay. And then the whole thing is, I think they really should have kind of gave everybody a heads up and say, hey, because everybody else felt obligated. And that's the thing where you you can't do that in a sense. Like you said, like, and it was the, the lack of planning where if Milwaukee say, hey, I, you know, I, I don't feel like playing today on Wednesday because, you know, what happened in, um, in Kenosha, which is, you know, in their backyard, cool. And I'm just – I'm going to forfeit the game to the Magic. If y'all want to – don't – if you guys don't want to play tonight, that's okay. If y'all don't – if y'all do want to play, that's fine. But tonight, we're just going to boycott. Because, honestly, and if, and if, if that would have been communicated, so then when, you know, Houston and, and um, Houston OKC play, they can say, well, hey, Milwaukee said, hey – we just boycotted for this game. It wasn't communicated. So, obviously, you have to – because it, how, how that's going to look, you know, Milwaukee and Orlando don't play, but then two hours later, OKC and Houston playing, and then if the Lakers and Portland want to play at, you know, a, um, few latest, a few hours later, that's going to be the confusion. Mm, yeah. And, it, and then what killed me was the meeting that should have happened – Tuesday night instead of Wednesday where they could have developed a plan, which, and I understand, and I do love the fact that they did a boycott, but it's just like the plan. And that's one thing too, what my biggest skepticism going into the bubble was how, was the my biggest thing is you have to have a plan, you know? And that's the thing where, okay, where if you don't go to the bubble, what's the plan behind it? Like what, what are you trying to accomplish? Because, you know, and I do love the fact that they know that they have the power. So that's the beauty thing of it all. It is more so now of just going and executing it and, and really recognizing your true power. This is just a baby step. Um, just something I thought about, you know, while you were talking as well. Um, very interesting thing is, you say, they decided to go to the locker. The Bucks decided to go to the locker, you say. So there was a plan. They had a plan to play the game. So something happened inside that locker for them to change that mind. Have you heard anything? Who, who was the lead for all that, basically, to cut it off that day? Man? Any lead and, there? And, I don't, and, and that's the thing where we don't know, because I know uh, what's... Um, I, I'm drawing a blank now. The guy from... Uh, one of the players from Milwaukee, George Hill. Yeah. And I know he was in... I think he... Um, did a press conference, I think the day before, which was like Tuesday, and he was saying, I, I, we shouldn't even be in this damn bubble. So a part of me is like, 
like and, and going back to your point where what happened between the bus ride going to the to the arena to to the locker room where and that's why I wish the meetings and stuff like that happened prior to it so everybody kind of would have known you know they they would have been they would have known the plan per se or work on something because everybody was kind of in the dark and and I understand where the egos come when you got you know people talk about Chris Paul's ego uh, LeBron's ego because at the end of the day fairly or not they're the ones that's taking a hit and they in essence didn't create it like no one's no one's really talking about the Milwaukee Bucks situation and honestly the protest no pun intended but the buck stopped with them so they get no they, they get no lion's share of the responsibility of what happened all i hear now is you're hearing and that's why i understand those guys like chris paul and you know and lebron you know of course chris paul the, the vice president of play i mean the president of the players union and then of course lebron is to face the league so Everybody's gonna attach this boycott to them. And that's and then, exactly right. Yeah. Right. And then can you get mad at how those guys would be perceived as not selfish, but like because fairly or not, they're the face of the boycott, even though they didn't initiate it. Because yeah. they were they were out the they were out of the dark. They was they were they were an outsider in this plan with you know, so yeah. That- but when when you're looking, obviously, you know, on the meeting, you know, there was reports saying that LeBron, obviously, uh, stormed out of the door because he was not happy about a few things, you know. Uh, obviously, the Clippers and Lakers teams obviously came out, um, you know, out of that meeting. And uh, and it seems now, at back of that, everybody now is putting all that on the back of, as you mentioned, from Chris Paul and LeBron instead of the Milwaukee, obviously, because they all started the whole thing. But LeBron is getting the credit. Um, it's been reported that some players are not happy about that. Have you heard anything like that? Are they talking yeah, about that? Yeah, and I heard, yeah, and that's was something they were talking about how LeBron was kind of like, kind of, they, I've been hearing rumors here and there saying, well, hey, he was in a meeting kind of, you know, not speaking up, and when he would say stuff, and people were kind of like, you know, disres- you know, he was, they were saying how the, the younger players who, I guess at one point in time they idolized him. They seen him in a different light um, when he spoke, and how they, they were saying, "Well, he you know he's not really worried because he got it. He's doing his own thing." And so a part of me, and I'm like, and that's and this is where's the problem. <laughs> we're trying to boycott. We're trying to be as of one, and we're in fighting like this where you have rumors and innuendos going from one end. So you have to have a united front. That's the problem, and you th- then you, mm-hmm. yeah. Do, do you think? Do you think the bulk, obviously? Uh, I know LeBron is definitely the face of the franchise. You know, I mean, I'm uh, sorry, the face of the NBA. Uh, but the fact that you know the box obviously decided to go through that without calling LeBron, knowing that LeBron obviously will have to answer those questions. Now, my question right here is: Do you think they were trying to steal that limelight, obviously, from LeBron? and be the face of that boycott all the way through. Do you think that was the case there? But what's funny I, 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 I don't think I don't think they meant to. I don't think they were trying to do that. But the way they went about that, 
they, they were trying to show that, okay, LeBron is, is maybe the face of the NBA, but when it comes to the boycott, when it comes to social inequality, the box will be leading that inside the bubble. Do you have a feeling about that? What it? Yeah, which the thing about it is they had to lead it in essence because the situation happened 40 miles away from, from, from where they're located. So they literally had to kind of lead it. It's almost just like if, you know, if, if the Timberwolves was in this bubble and George Floyd, you know, if we still, if we had a bubble during the, you know, George Floyd um, death, we would totally expect that the Minnesota Timberwolves would have kind of did what the Milwaukee Bucks did. My, that biggest issue was just not letting everybody know. And, but they were supposed, they did what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to lead the charge because this is the latest incident and it happened in their backyard because it, to me, I don't think like the Lakers leading the charge would have been right. Especially considering the fact if it happened like in LA, cool, but Mm -hmm. it happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is 40 miles away from where the Bucks play. Mm. So it's, it's, it had to. And, this is a very interesting question I'll have to ask you right there. Now, you can clearly see everybody on the bubble pretty much were more or less in line with what happened. You can see pretty much on the news that everybody inside the bubble, I'm talking media, I'm talking the player, they all had the same language. Now, the people outside the bubble, and I'm talking also black people, you know, working the media, had some people had different of you about that, about the fact that, okay, there was nothing planned, what type of deal are they going to get out of that? Um, um, there's nobody out there who's actually leading the whole thing. So we all, people outside thought that was a complete mess. But a, some people outside thought that was a complete mess. But everybody on the bubble, including, you know, the media, they were all in line with the player. Now, do you think that was false? You know, what I'm asking here, Chris, when you get inside those bubbles, you do not want to look, you do not want to say something different than anybody else inside that thing because that's going to look bad on you. Did you have that feeling? Did you have yeah. that feeling? Yeah, because like the whole thing of, of these quote-unquote players who had a disagreement with LeBron, now mad you, this happens all the time. There's never a name to the face or the people who do that. You had an opportunity. You had a private meeting. You could have aired out your grievances to LeBron James to his face, but no, you go on and you and you and and that's another thing too. Where these people, you know, these reporters are getting these credible sources, quote unquote, and saying how many of the younger stars of the league didn't appreciate LeBron James. Why did why did those young stars didn't confront him? It whatever he was saying. In that 15 minute, because uh, he, I think he spoke like 15 minutes and then left. But that's the thing where are we really on the same page? Because if you have a disagreement and you left a disagreement, you know, without you know confronting it or even addressing it, we still we're still on a different, you know, we're still on a on, on a different uh, wavelength. Mm. And I I. I the the it's more so just the execution of it all. Mm. Like it's 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 like like it's almost like it was a it's a million dollar move but a ten cent shot. Mm. Uh, now I've got 
one question there. I don't know if you saw uh, the TNT uh, when Kenny Smith uh, walked out of yeah. of the set. What do you think about that? I mean, when I saw that, um, I just I just didn't know what to think about that. To be honest with you, you can support whatever people are doing, uh, but walk out like he did there. I don't know if that was a protest against TNT because that's the way I felt like about something going on inside TNT. Um, because if you're happy, if you're happy with the people you're working with, right? Yeah. And especially with the job he's doing, if there's something going on on the bubble, like for example, obviously the boycott there, we all know why they were boycotting. But for him yeah. to for him to leave the set because you know, the player boycotting. I don't know, man. I was, I felt cringe, man. It was, it was strange to me. What, what did you think about that? Uh, it's weird. And I'm, I'm, I'm so, it, it's weird. I, at first I was like, it, it, like you said, to me, it was kind of strange because I think, and I would say, he, I think he's just doing it more so just for the solid there for the players. But I think that would have been a great time. I, Cause I definitely want one want of him to hear would have had to say more in depth because I know he did talk a little bit before you know before he actually walked off the stage, mm-hmm. and I mean I, the whole walking out thing. I mean it is kind of you know kind of strange, and I mean and honest and, and I think that was just an emotional moment, and I think I don't know if it would be a situation where he would take it back, but I mean I think he would just it, it was just I think it probably was just too much just the emotions of it all and he just got caught in the emotions but i mean i would have hope i you know i wish he was you know i wish in that situation he would have kind of provided us with the like, insight like with chris weber i think what chris weber did it was beautiful i mean that it was that was beautiful that was something that was something that i was like wow like yeah. i mean that was very profound uh-huh. like and it was just and it was genuine and uh, and and to be honest, you can clearly see he had. You can hear from the mic when he was talking. He was just about to cry, but he he hold yep. on. He was mm-hmm. taking his time and talk. I thought that was that was beautiful. Uh, the chat, the talk, you know, and the advice. Obviously, and, and, and remember, he had that he had that talk just after Shark because Shark obviously. I don't know if you heard what Shark said. Obviously, after Kenny Smith walked out. And Shaq, on his point, was, okay, yes, you know, the player about coaching, but what's the plan? I'm a businessman. I move differently. I always need a plan. And I think, you know, Chris Weber talking about that was trying to respond to Shaq. He's trying to respond to Charles Barkley as well. And in a nice, beautiful way, like a little brother saying, big brother, you know, I expect a little bit more from you, you know, apart from what you, you know, because apart from what you're saying right now. So it, it yeah. was it was touching. It was touching. Now, let, let's just move on to, obviously, the um, involvement of Michael Jordan. I mean, right now, I was looking at the, I was looking at the news there. It looked, it seems like Barack Obama was also involved. You know, news are coming up like every single day. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, do you think we're seeing a new Michael Jordan now when it comes to those social issues and stuff? Well, I don't think so, more so. I think it just it's just more now it's just been in the forefront, which 
I know it's, it's going to be bizarre, but I mean, I think he, and that's what, that's the beauty of it all, where now we have a majority owner, we have a, a black owner in this league, a majority black owner, which we need. Because, so for him to have separate situations and be like the buffer for these players and kind of execute a game plan for these guys, they need help. These guys, they got, these guys need help. And then you, they're going to take the advice of Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan is, Jordan is alone. The name, his mystique alone, people are going to listen. So you want him to be like your, your ally in this case. And he has provided that. And I mean, and he's like, to me, he'd be the buffer because he's not like the typical owners that we see in most professional sports. Mm. He's been through it. He's not, you know, people think, well, you know, he's a billionaire and, but no, he's, he still has been through stuff in his life. He's, he's from Wilmington, North Carolina. Like he's dealt, I know he's dealt with racism on, on a, on a tremendous scale, you know, growing up. And then you got to think about this career and then the tragic passing of his father. His father gets murdered. Like, he's been through stuff. This, this isn't a guy that's had a silver spoon all his life. So he can identify with, with what's going on, the climate of what's going on in the room. And I think, and going back to the, the Last Dance documentary where, um, you know, they talked about the political thing. But you got to think about it. And, you know, he, and I know he got a lot of slack for it. You know, with the uh, Jesse Helms, um, you know, all that situation that was going on there. And, and Harvey, um, they wanted him to endorse uh, Harvey Gantt. But like he said, I was a 27-year-old guy. I was more focused on my craft, but I still was able to donate money, which in essence, that helps. When you donate money, that helps. That helps. That can help in so many ways. I mean, from like, him contributing to his campaign, that's still good money. And, you know, that's still something that, you know, he can, you know, and then Jordan has, has done stuff very quietly as far as doing donations. I know he's very active in the Boys and Girls Club. I think he just um, just built two um, two hospitals in the Charlotte area, I think all North Carolina area, for, um, you know, underprivileged, you know, not underprivileged, more so of just um, low-income families. So, you know, like we going back to, you know, the situation we talked about uh, taking care of our health. You know, those people, you know, because most people who are like lower income, it's very hard to get medical coverage because you're thinking it's such a, it's because medical cost is so daunting. It's already hard enough to live, to pay your bills, much less having like mounting hospital bills or what have you. So he's provided an opportunity. So he's done things, but it's just been very quiet. And I, and that's the thing about it where I'm, I love that about him because, you know, he doesn't have to grandstand. He does what he has to do. And I think the social aspect of it all, it's, it's almost like he's needed. And I think this is, you know, when we talk about, you know, the really progression of how the league can go, you need to have other Michael Jordans. You need, you know, the next generation. We need maybe four or five of those guys to be where Jordan is now, who's, you know, I, they need to be in major, majority ownerships. So when you have these situations, you know, you can have, like, we can develop plans. And because Jordan is the buffer between all of them, you know, the players respect him. And Jordan, his owners, his fellow colleagues respect him as well. And that's another thing, too, where, you know, he, he's, he's the buffer in the middle. And I think it's, it's going gonna, it's, to be another thing where that's a great thing. And then for him 
just the simple fact of him being there, that should expi- inspire this next generation to be like, hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I should do what he did. Maybe, you know, own man- minority stock in a team. And then hopefully, like, you know, like Bob Johnson sold his, you know, sold his and a couple other people sold his and made Jordan a minority. I mean, the majority. And all the guys like, hey, I want to be like him. I want to be like Mike mm-hmm. more than just, I'm already Mike McCoy. <laughs> but can I be Michael Jordan upstairs in ownership yeah. in the ownership yeah. office? Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. Uh, something that's something else I'd like to ask you as well, uh, Chris. Um, so we're talking about obviously the boycott, and usually when you see boycott, you know it's because you know people are making demand. I mean, the players are making demand. Now it's not really clear what type of demand they made over there, and it's not pretty clear what type of deal they're getting. I mean, what I heard the last deal that I heard is, you know, some NBA owner. Uh, will let some arena open, obviously, uh, for election, you know, for people to go and vote and and register and stuff like that. I mean, is, do you have any more update apart, you know, in, in terms of what type of demands and a little bit more about the deals that will sign up for them to resume the game now on uh, on a Saturday and Sunday, man? Because I know they were, I know the real emphasis, which is the bizarre thing, where the voting, where they really, you know, in as far as having those arenas being polling places. And then also they did have language saying, hey, we're going to, um, you know, develop like police accountability, but nothing concrete, nothing, you know, to a point where, you know, you're like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like, it's, I, I look at the voting initiative was probably a little bit more clear than the actual, um, than the actual issue that's really the underlying reason why essentially why there was a boycott when we're talking about you know, as far as police brutality. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit. I mean, the whole boycott thing. Do you think they should have resumed the game or do you think they should have just cut it off altogether? What do you think? I think it should still continue to play because at the end of the day, if you leave, like, because, I mean, the thing is, and I always was a proponent of them playing, especially now when you have these situations that arise. Because we may have another situation between now and October 13th when these guys leave where, hey, we can have a midnight meeting, all of us together. And that's the thing, too, where I like about it be, like them being this predicament because all of them together. So all of them, literally, if, if we say, hey, we're having a midnight meeting, everybody should be there. You're, you're all together in one spot, in one place. It, we're not from city to city and, you know, you're on a Zoom call or you, here or there. We're all together in this one single bubble. Hmm. You, you going to miss this meeting? No. You, you have no outside circumstance that will, pre- that will prevent you from not going to these meetings or whatever. But then so now, when you, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but then now something I need to ask you, do you then think mm-hmm. that the boycott then um, was worthy? Do, do you think they go out something good out of that boycott then? The two days boycott. Yes, yes. Okay. It stop. It's it stop sports, which is so it's crazy. I've never seen this in my life. Where Wednesday we had no sports, well, except for, I think the NHL played, but major sports. I I, I hate saying it like that, but. Major League Baseball canceled their games. WNBA canceled their games. 
several NFL teams canceled their practice, which, I mean, you think about it, it's only two weeks away from the season. This is a probably – these are pivotal times. These are pivotal practices, and they canceled those on, uh, uh, on Wednesday – well, I think Wednesday and Thursday, whoever. Um, certain teams canceled Wednesday, some canceled on Thursday. But they stopped sports where this, that's huge, where you think about it. And like you said, if we have another situation that happens last Sunday, just imagine that happens two weeks from now, the start of the NFL season. And maybe if the NBA do the same thing, but more with a little bit more execution, now the pressure is on other leagues. So the NBA is, yeah, I mean, even though we can, you know, we can pick apart the boycott, the execution of it, but it helped. To me, it was a baby step. And it just to me it just let them know that it's almost like it's almost like putting your foot in a putting your foot in the water and realizing, hey, it's not that cold. I can go in there and swim. Cause now they know they got the power. They're the product. So they know, hey, you you're not you're not gonna tune in, you know, this ain't you know, this is not like a store where, okay, you know, oh, you know, it's it's, it's like a store. You know, you go to go to a store, you buy something. Oh, they don't have what you want. Guess what? You're leaving the store because you you you're there for the product. Mm. And we all know that they're the product, so mm. they know that they have the power. Mm. And just just a quick question, I, I need your take about that. Now, you know, you see all those teams. Obviously, I think it's 13 or 14 teams left there on the bubble right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the buck obviously decided obviously to lead on that boycott. Um, are we obviously when we are out of that bubble? At some point, we'll have to be out of that bubble, obviously, to start the mm-hmm. new season. And uh, do you think then, because the way, I mean, obviously, because you talk about execution, the people outside, like me and you, what we're we looking forward to see, we're looking to some somebody like LeBron or Chris Paul to lead any type of boycott. But what we're looking at, or what we're seeing right now, is it seems anybody now can lead that. Now, can we expect to see, let's just say there's a shooting somewhere in New York. Mm-hmm. Are we going to expect to see New York, the New York Knicks, basically boycotting the game maybe next season? Is that something that is more or less, we, we talk, you know, people are talking about things like that happening now going forward. I don't know if that makes sense, uh, but I'm asking here. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, once they lay the groundwork of, you know, as far as the police brutality and what have you, the thing is now is laying the groundwork. Like if you, and the beautiful thing about this, you know, with sports, it comes with power where like the, like the Bucks, they was talking to the attorney general. No one generally, nine times out of 10, reaching the attorney general of the state of Wisconsin no one's gonna reach him. So to me, with the Bucks and their connections, of course, with their ownership group, they have that type of they have that type of cachet. Like you said, if, if it does happen in New York City, if we lay the groundwork already, which I think they're doing, it could be. Mm-hmm. If it's and like you said, and and and, I, and, I, and you know, going back to your example. And we're just saying down the line. So say if instance, what's today is it's, it's um so say if instance this happened January of 2021. 
And we really still ain't seen no progress. The NBA or, you know, as far as them, you know, as far as talking to like, um, you know, as far as like lobbyists or like political figures in that on Capitol Hill, you know, talking about this type of stuff. Then this happens like, you know, another situation, January, 2021. Yeah, I can see that happening again because they can say, well, hey, we boycotted in August. We wanted this and the third, but you're not doing what, I, what I'm telling you. And the same thing happened, you know, that we protest, you know, boycotted four, you know, five months ago. It's happening now, January, 2021. We boycotting again until you, and that's the thing with them. They have the power and that's even, you know, people look at this as like, oh, well, you know, this kind of stupid for them to come back. No, they're going to, they're going to do their end. They're going to say, Hey, if you do this, we'll play. If you, if you look out for us on this end, but I guarantee you, if these guys, if, if the ownerships or whoever, if they, if they don't renege on this, if they renege on this, they, they, they can do this again, mm. but probably with more proper execution. Because at this point, they still hold, and the beautiful thing about it is when you, when you get the leverage, you're good. Like, I mean, and I understand like, you know, as far as the ownership, you know, they, of course, they're the ones that are making their billions, but they're making the billions off of this product. If this million, this is billion dollar product doesn't show up in work, you're not making any money. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. what those, yeah, and, what's, and what happened now, it, now it's, it's, it's all funny games now that the rabbit got the gun. Mm. And that's the and that's the thing. Yeah. So and and, and you know, let, let's just talk a little bit about the NBA mm. owner because you know we haven't heard about mm. that. I mean, they decided obviously to put Michael Jordan up front. There, you know, reason why we all know is because he used to be a player. You know, he can relate to what you know the player asking, and he's also a black owner also. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, he can he can talk about both sides. Now, I'm a little bit. <laughs> How can I say that? Uh, not worry about that, but um, it, it just looked to me more or less like, okay, Michael Jordan, this is a black thing. Can you just go out the forefront and talk to those guys over there? Because we don't know what to say. Do you think the NBA owner are getting a little bit fed up about the whole thing, man? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, because – now they're freaking out because, like, okay, we don't have no games Wednesday, we don't have no games Thursday, we have no games Friday. I, you know, I, you know, do I have to give these this this money back to these TV companies who who are paying us, you know, billions of dollars to broadcast these games? Oh yeah, they're looking like that, and yeah, so they had they had to have a guy like him, and that's what's so important to having a have having that type of. Have a type like Michael Jordan in that other in, in in that other room, because just imagine if he wasn't there. Like who? I mean, you, guys like Mark Cuban, I think, would have kind of. And Mark Cuban was also in, instrumental in it as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's very rare to kind of have allies where. And since I mean, I I think they all in essence are allies. But most of those most of those owners, they like look. I just want you to play. You know, you work for me. You know. And hey, and I understand that some, and, and you know, and it may, and that, and that may just be like an exaggeration, but, but in essence, 
I think they're not as t- like if it if it would have progressed like to weeks or months or they would have decided not to play. Oh yeah, they'd have been you know they'd been pissed off. Mm. But it has, it's just one of those things where mm. I just think ultimately the owners. I mean, the owners are going to be the owners. But yeah, you had to have a guy like him where he commands the respect of all of them because everybody, even though even it's funny, even in this in this new generation of guys who've never seen him play he's still revered like yeah. and that's another thing too where it, it's just unmatched where when jordan with jordan when jordan comes in the room he commands everybody's attention mm. so he's he's a perfect he's perfect for both sides of the coin you know as far as the players gonna look up to him and then the owners they know like hey jordan like jordan is good for business because Jordan is going to bring, you know, Jordan's going to make us all rich. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. that's sure. Now, um, obviously, now they decided obviously to resume the game uh, today and tomorrow. Um, it's basically it's been like a stop and start. What, what do you think is gonna, you know, um, is gonna take that opportunity obviously to push deep into the playoff? Because I feel like. Teams like or just Lakers, I can see LeBron not being happy about the whole thing. I mean, those vet, you know, when they start going, they want to keep going because now they've got momentum. And then, you know, they've been asked just to stop yeah. everything for the past two days. And then now they need to go back and refocus again, you know, and and get back out there for those playoffs. In your mind, when you look at that West right there, what are the teams you feel like, okay, after this, after the past 48 hours, they will maybe take advantage of of that of those two days boycott and stuff like that, resuming the in game. The, I think the only and the funny thing about it, the West, like the perfect team that could possibly take advantage of this is the Denver Nuggets. I mean, you think about it. Tuesday night, I'm I'm you know we did our podcast on Tuesday night, and I'm like, well, you know, because it was going on while we were um, doing a podcast, and I'm like. Denver's about to get eliminated. Like Denver, Denver's done. Then Jamal Murray just goes crazy in the fourth okay. quarter, and now you know, now it's a, you know a three-two series. Now they convene tomorrow. You're like, okay, well if they win tomorrow, this is a three. This is a tied series, mm-hmm. and we're going to a game seven. And Denver has had experience in game sevens where they lost. They beat San Antonio, and then they fell short to Portland, which. They were a bad fourth quarter. They were if they would have executed in the fourth quarter in that Portland game, they could have been in the Western Conference Finals like last year. So now you know the momentum has definitely shifted, and then Houston, I think now bringing in Russell Westbrook, and that's one thing too. Losing sight of all this, we like Russ is fully dressed, like he was ready to go. Mm. We're like, oh boy, that would have been frightening. So. Bringing Russell Westbrook back, it definitely helps them. Where, because that series was getting it, that series was tied. And that was another thing where, and I think that's what the kind of the key thing about the boycott was. I mean, there were pivotal games going that stretch, and like even to Milwaukee's detriment, they could have closed this series out and had some rest to get ready for for Miami. And they kind of you know kind of you know forfeited that away. So. That's another thing. And then, um, you know, so I look at those two teams, I think Denver and Houston, they are definitely um, they're going to take, take advantage. I think Dallas is done. And we know Portland's done because Dame is, Dame is back in Portland. So mm. 
to, it's just a formality. I mean, Portland, okay. Portland leaving the bubble tonight probably on tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, we've got three minutes left now. Last word. Last word about that. Uh, there's a big thing as I was just saying. Now in November, you've got that election coming up soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole world will be watching, obviously. Yeah. Um, we all know what's going on in the U.S. You know, we can clearly see the division. Uh, obviously, we can see, you know, both, you know, both party, you know, talking about, you know, what's going to happen and all that. We have, uh, we have, uh, we can, we can also see uh, what are the expectations, obviously, for the whole world. You know, everybody's talking about the next change for the next four hours. What do you expect to happen after November election, man? I, to me, my prediction, I think it's going to be like 2000. I think it's going to be a situation where there's going to be a lot of different, you know, now everybody's having a problem with mail-in votes, which mail-in votes has been, it's just as common as going to the polls and voting. Like now, you know, it's funny that now, you know, these, these uh, boxes, you know, these boxes all of a sudden have now disappeared and in certain areas, you're like, this is just a lot of trickery. I would not be surprised like what happened in 2000 where we seen ballots in the trash, like to a point where it's, it's just weird. It's just a joke. It's, it's, it's so sad that, you know, and you rich. I know y'all looking at us and laughing y'all, y'all tell off and rightfully so. Cause this is, and, and, and it's so sad. It's, it's really comical, but it's serious. So that's one of the things too, where it's it's it shouldn't be this it shouldn't be funny, you know what I'm saying? Like it, you know, as far as even you know even living in the United States, to me this is just all this is really one bad joke, and it's just like, but it's actually our reality. So, oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you very much, man. I mean, um, thank you very much, Casey. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on the Slick Talk Show. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully, obviously. Hopefully, just after the first round of the playoff, I, we can you know you can try you know you can come back yeah. and talk about the rest of the NBA. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought today was best things to talk about the boycott. Obviously, it was too much. Yeah, it's too much to digest. And obviously, the side yeah. you know the side passing of you know Chadwick Boseman. It was nice to talk about that. It was nice to have you again. And we always, always, always appreciate having you on you know on board here, you know on the Steak Talk Show, especially talking to my people here in the UK, man. So. Yes, but for that, I'd like to say thank you. And thank you for all my people. Stay tuned on the Slick Talk Show. And uh, I'll get back to you again on Monday. Thank you very much, guys.